0: Mm. But, I, but I like to
1: think we innovated it.
0: A new microphone smell. Mm. Is it now? D- yours doesn't?
1: Dude, I can't smell shit.
2: Well,
0: <laughs> at least you can't smell bad breath. Yeah. You're like, oh my God.
1: Or, yeah, I mean, I could work the other day. One of the patients just totally just shit all of himself, and everybody was just like, Ugh, and I'm just like, I can barely smell. I, I could smell it. I mean, it's that bad, but I was like, I, it's tolerable for me, you know? So You know what you can't smell? With. <laughs> It's It's the No Class Podcast.
0: Just for those, since we don't have a video podcast, you guys may not hear it. Matt also joined in on the it's. Because I'll admit, sometimes I jump the gun and do the whole thing. Uh It's the No Class Podcast. Uh So there you go. There you go. One for you, Matt. One for you. Thanks, buddy. So welcome to episode... Yes. ...55. Can you believe that? Wow. Wow a long way. Yep. A couple more and we'll be. We'll have as many podcasts as you have years on earth. I know. Isn't that amazing? When we get to the 75th one. I know. 75. I can't wait. Hey, and for the 75th podcast, uh-huh. we should do a live play.
1: <laughs> I really want us to do a, a not a live play, but a recorded play. It's going to happen. It's going to you know. happen. You're, Forward you're, progress is being made. I would say we could get snockered, uh, uh, but there's already people that do drunk and live gaming cast or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I've already got that recorded too. <laughs> that's right. That's
0: that's the blackmail cast. Duh. Well duh. <laughs> well duh. You you have to admit you appreciated those getting slipped into the previous. Oh. oh
1: I'll have to listen. Okay. What? I guess you I'll... missed an episode of your favorite podcast? I know. Can you believe it? I'm not saying I love the sound of my voice, but he loves the sound of my voice is what it is. Duh and then so I get I to stroke appreciate his beard, that. you
0: know lovingly all right you've got the shavings collected at home is what i'm picturing Duh. you've got them glued onto a pillow i do while you listen to the podcast exactly and you're like make that point again eddie. make it again <laughs> with your host eddie and matt <laughs> This is why this is the most entertaining Uh, RPG podcast you folks can be listening to. uh, As
1: someone said, y'all's rapport That's what
0: that's one way to put it. You're not you're not here for the (laughs) D and D conversation or the RPG conversation. You're here for this witty banter and the (sighs) rapport that we have between two Close, lifelong
1: friends. (laughs) Well, it's getting to be about that way. (laughs) At least for the rest of your life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) If I keep smoking all this meat and cheese, (laughs) now there's like sludge in my arteries. But yeah. All right. All right. So this is the part of the show. Hey,
0: speaking of that, I was about to say this is the part of the show where we talk about books and movies con. but it's not it's the part the long, where we talk about the
1: long con that's always our lead in I'm you are remiss sir I cannot believe you would forget our oh, format. This whole thing's falling apart I forget the format every time we do it but the one thing I remember is do long con first um so again uh, excitement is building we have confirmed Brendan LaSalle I think we've already mentioned that a couple times and we've been in communication with him and so just really excited Brendan's just a great guy and uh, a lot of fun. Um, and he's very hyped up for this. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's. The, I think he could be more excited than us. Yeah, that's possi- That's highly possible. He doesn't um, get to go to that
0: many conventions. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of a stay-at-home, homebody
1: guy. Yeah, right. But no, well, you kind of figure here, for a guy who they called Beast Mode, who would just uh, devour conventions mm-hmm. left and right, and then to be told, stay your butt at home and do them virtually, oh, I bet he's champing at the bit, man. I bet he loved it. Yeah. I bet he was
0: curled up at home with a good book, seeing right. his wife, and like yeah. this is this is the life at least for, I don't know the new reality. Like it's not yeah. going to be forever, so enjoy that couple of years of relaxation, and then back yeah. on the trail, back on right. the campaign trail. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Caesar's Legions. Let's bring that all back around.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah, you're talking about uh, uh, Las Vegas, right, or, or New Vegas, Caesar's Legions. Or am I thinking something? I always take talking about the actual Roman armies. Oh, Roman. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're conquered the, the known world, man. Yeah. The roads are still standing today. The You've Romans seen build. them, too. I have, yeah. I, and I tell you that, I just since you brought it up, it was really something to be standing in a spot. And I turned to the person next to me and said, Do you understand there's every likelihood Julius Caesar and or Jesus Christ walked on this path we're walking on right now? And if you really think about that, like, you know, yeah, man, I did the head blowing up motion, but y'all can't see that anyway. But you can now you can in your mind's eye. All right. Anything else you want to talk about about the long con other than how it goes back to Julius Caesar? Absolutely. It was begun by Julius Caesar, I believe. For once, I didn't go off on a tangent and I appreciate that. Um I'm excited about our new venue, but we have beat that horse to death. Um Anyway, who knows? We, we might have some help with set up. What? Or with the con or whatever, so who knows? That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Because I know our 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 <laughs> control freak micromanager would dearly love that. <laughs> this is again where we need a video podcast. Yeah, if you can see a look on his face for once. Anyway, now I I, I won't berate it, but I, I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm also excited though about um, uh, Gary Khan. Okay. Yeah, we are going to Gary Con. What's so exciting about it? Well, I know that there's a lot of people that we interact with via NTRPG, you know, which we love, and that have really ballyhooed uh, Khan in recent years. They're like, it's got that smaller flavor and old school blah, 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 but it's getting big, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to be the next probably game hole or something. And no, nothing to not to uh, uh, denigrate... uh, game hole but i mean they're like what five thousand people now or Mm -hmm. something and you just kind of feel like you get lost in the crowd that's why i love ntrpg and long con because you know you're like hey buddy you know and when you're here you're family right yeah yeah you know what we that ought to be our motto or okay i'll talk to the olive garden about it exactly exactly but i'm looking forward to getting to play on some of the same tables with you for a change yeah we always tell we people, don't get to do much. We never get to hardly game together. So that that's fun. Usually one of us is running. Um, so that yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to that. And I'm also uh, looking forward to running a game there. You know, I, and I want to meet Reed Sanfilippo. I hope he'll be there. And, oh, yeah, that would be and a, cool. And other people, there's other names I could be. I won't rattle them off. There's, Once he meets us, he'll be coming to the long con. Yeah, you know, you, you're probably joking, but you never know. Hey, it worked on Brendan and it worked on uh, David Beatty. Absolutely. We, are, we can be a couple of charming devils.
0: As if this podcast wasn't proof enough, they know, they're they know. charmed. They know they're under our siren spell right now. Oh my,
1: Doobie, doobie,
0: doo.
1: All right, um, so what's next? He's good at
0: bitch. <laughs> He's good at, <laughs> He's good at Doing
1: all right. Comic books, books, comic books, books or comic books. I do have some comic book news. Okay. Dun, 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 <laughs> you got you under my wheels, wheels, wheels. Oh, okay. Um, it's sing-along night here on the <laughs> No Class RPG Podcast. All right. uh, Superman number one recently sold for $2.6 million. Yeah, I didn't want to tell you, but I am the one that bought it. I'm not surprised. All that long con money, you know. It's true. We're that's, rolling in it. That's the whole thing.
0: That's why this scheme has been behind it the whole time. We're we're We're, we're dollionaires. I yeah. I, yeah. We
1: can get off the anything we want off the dollar menu. Exactly. I feel so put your pinky out, put both pinkies out. All right. I just that was my little bit of comic book news.
0: That's it? Yeah. You're gonna have to make something up. I hear you. Um that was too much
1: buildup for such little a little amount of news. Well, I mean two point six million dollar for a comic book? Wow. But
2: okay. it would be
1: would be Superman. Um that's Superman. Yeah. What comic book news do you have, sir? Or I have actual comic books. You've been reading. I've comic actually book? read things.
0: Oh my! I'll go uh, the other way, that I have it r- written on here. But have you heard about this? Is actual real life fact. Okay. The Cleveland Torso Killer, back in like the Great Depression era. He killed just torsos. No, that's what they found. Oh my! Pretty much, that's what he left behind. He oh. chopped off the hands and the feet and the heads, yes. and pretty much what the cops found were torsos. Oh wow. That's creepy. So, there is a pretty good comic written about that. Pretty good. Oh, okay. If you, I mean everybody loves the true crime stuff nowadays. Yeah, they? it's true, it's true. That genre is so popular. Murder porn. Um the the part that was interesting to me that kind of hooked me mm-hmm. was do you know who was on the case? No. Elliot Ness uh, and the Untouchables. Yeah, exactly. So the case was never solved. Oh my. That's kind of uh, I don't know if you have followed the life of Elliot Ness. And the Untouchables? But he kind of, it was kind of a tragic end. Oh. He was not the golden boy for all this. So, I mean, he ran, he ended up running for mayor after this and just had a pathetic showing. And he never caught that guy. And it was kind of blamed on him. But that wasn't his
1: bag anyway I mean yeah but and even then if you think about he's famous for taking out Capone but really in the end it was a guy in his office it's like well here's how we'll take him down we'll give him for tax evasion when they they never did pin any crimes to him you know so I mean really if you think about it meh I mean exactly yeah and then the rest of it was just a
0: popcorn fart yeah it was all downhill wow so anyway the story of the Cleveland torso killer in a Mm -hmm. comic called Torso aptly enough right okay Then this is the one. Right now, everyone in the sound of my voice, by whatever means you have to do to get this comic, Mm -hmm. you must get Rage More. Rage as in rage, and then more is like Blackmore, M-O-O-R. Oh, Oh, okay. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So this has got to be like the most DCC- and almost like, did this movie just tell me to get high? Yeah. This comic book should tell you to get high or something. But, uh-huh. I mean, it is freaking fantastic. Wow. This one has DCC written all over it. You can mm-hmm. make
1: adventures about it. Ooh. So, it's like four issues long. That's it. But are they kind of like when I introduced you to Head Lopper, there's only four every year, but they're pretty beefy. Nope. They're not beefy. They huh? seem like probably standard, about 30-issue long comics.
0: Oh, wow. And there's four of them, and it was... I want to say 2012, maybe even earlier than that. Oh,
1: so it just was like a fl- kind of flash in the pan. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. It sounds. But kinda... I think
0: that's all they wanted. They had like the four issue story. The, the, story the arc guy had an
1: idea and he wanted to put it but, out there. Oh, it's so good.
0: I'll check that it's, out. It's um, yeah. the story of a living castle. So it's like they sacrificed these people on the foundations of the castle, and it drank in the blood, and then they called in these eldritch gods, and it's basically like the Cthulhu mythos. Castle, wow. the castle moves, it shifts and changes. It there's all this insane stuff going on. That's, so that's Gonzo. I'm giving wow. you the five star lock. You must check this out. Yeah, this is the one. All right, the, it has been put, rage more. It has been put upon me, and as thus, I shall read it. I'm pretty sure it's Dark Horse too, but you should be able to find it easy enough. Oh yeah, you could even find it sailing the seas. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a pretty reasonable uh, set on
1: Amazon as too that contains did, did, the whole thing. I was gonna say they did the compilations. Yeah, I like. Comp- I, so, I might yeah. get the compilation because I just love to hold something in my hand. So. Fantastic! Highly, yeah. highly, highly recommended.
0: Yeah. I love it. Sounds okay. Like it. TV.
1: TV. Uh. Beep-a-doo. No, no TV.
0: Da, 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 da. No, Man,
1: well, well, hold up. Well, that's that's where it's weird. So I, I've watched some things on Netflix. So does that fit here? But or? is
0: it a movie or is it a show? Um, does it have episodes? <clears throat> is it more than an hour? I'm gonna say yes. So then you're putting that in the wrong category, well, and you will be punished accordingly. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. All right, carry on.
0: But I expected, since it's been a while since we've done one of these, mm-hmm. that you would just have that massive list, and so would I, because yeah. uh, our big news is we got a puppy here. Oh, yeah. So now uh, me and Matt are proud owners of some black labs. You betcha. But you've got a labyrinth
1: doodle. Yeah, don't me. I've got a me. regular lab like a man. You can blame that on my ex. I wanted a German Shepherd, but you see how that played out. That yeah. would be awesome. Okay, yeah. so
0: – with that, I have been house training the dog. Mm-hmm. So with that, I've been sitting on my couch mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So I've just watched a ton of shows and movies and blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. But do I remember half of them? No. And did I take
1: notes? No. Well, if they weren't that memorable, then you know why? Why mention it? A lot of rewatching too. Well, now wait a minute, derp. Now I told you the day I've been watching The Witcher. Yeah, I've watched. A couple of two or three episodes. So apparently the hook's not really set with you on the. Season I gotta two. watch it with my wife.
0: Ah, there, there Daniel. If I ding, have ding. to watch
1: something with my wife, it will take me until the end of time. Right, because I'm tired tonight. Not tonight, you know. I have to watch it when she wants to watch it. Right. So, but The Witcher so far has been good. Oh yeah, no season two, man. Yeah, I really, I, it's it's right up there with season one. In fact, I dare say I might even like the second season better. So, but uh, I already said I rewatched
0: Spartacus. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess who shows up at the end of that? Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. So, in some bizarre twist of fate, I rolled right back into watching Rome again.
1: Uh huh. So, of course, I think we've talked about that many a time yeah. about how great it is. <clears throat> oh man, I, I, it's it's funny. There's a lot of things I'm like, man, I've seen it once. I'm good. But I've watched and I've, <laughs> I think I watched Rome with like. Was it Y three, Y four? I mean, yeah, I've I've watched it with, yeah. I mean, it's like you got to see this, you know. Yeah, yeah and
0: yeah. it's almost where if you start it, you have you're going to gonna go through the whole thing. Yeah, again.
1: even the second season went nearly as good as the first, but still. Mm.
0: Oh, uh, I watched Hit Monkey. Did we talk about that one at all? That's, I
1: think we might have talked about it, and maybe not on the podcast. Yeah, I think so because it somehow that I'm like that sounds familiar. So are you familiar with the concept at all? That's on Hulu. Yeah, you told me, I think, about it. So, yeah. Yeah. A
0: monkey hitman with a ghost hitman that's helping him along his way. It's a lot like they wanted that ghost hitman to be Archer, Mm -hmm. but it's not nearly as funny or as endearing.
1: You told me about this. yeah, And I I quickly forgot it because it sounded pretty meh. So
0: I went about four episodes out of ten in and was like, Nah, I'm done. Yeah. But then we ended up getting a puppy, ended up sitting on my couch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. It was actually better at the end. Okay. So I don't know if that's a recommend or not. But it just kind of wants to nah.
1: be archer quirky, kind of whatever. Yeah. They yeah. want
0: that character to be so funny, and he's just not anywhere near. Yeah. But you could see, and you could almost go with writing. that one. Like, yeah, if they'd had the writing and the chops and maybe uh, H. What is yeah. it? H. John Benjamin or
1: whatever. It's John Benjamin or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. they had him. I guess I'll mention this too. So I had devoured like the first two or three seasons of like Yellowstone. And then this most recent season came out. So it's the first time I've had to sit there like normal human beings and wait week to week to watch Yellowstone. And boy, what a phenomenon. Apparently America is really discovering Yellowstone and people are crazy for it or whatever. But what's sad is it's like... I was watching the season and it was decent, but like at one point I watched the last episode that I watched and I thought, man, that one really stunk. And then the next week, there's not a new episode. I Googled that was the finale for the season or for for the, the se- show for the season. Yeah. And I thought, man, I, f- I mean, I'm like, that was the finale. What a stinker. And I know the people out here are going to be like, you're crazy, but I'm just telling you my opinion. Teach their own, you know, but that finale, I was like, Oh man, I really, there was some very, I'm going to say there was some very bad, like you remember when you've heard stories or you even tried watching like a uh, walking dead, like in season two, there was just some really dumb, bad writing. Yeah. This felt like some really bad, dumb, they writing. have to be that stupid to move yeah. the plot forward. Exactly. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden characters who are never this stupid are being stupid or was never been this much of just a brazen coward is just groveling on the ground on his knees and stuff. And you're like going, come on, you know what I mean? Just really bad writing, and you can tell it's kind of like, as Walking Dead marched on, like Daryl got all the best lines and all the cool stuff and all this, and it's just like, oh, get it? We like Daryl, but you know, it's kind of like anyway. They, they, it's just they're having the, the beloved characters seem even more brilliant and beautiful, and the character that you were like, well, at least he had some redeeming qualities. Like now, let's make him completely loathsome and have no. And that's when I don't know. I think anyway. So
0: with the HBO Max. I'm watching Band Brothers. Cool, which I haven't seen all of that. I've seen I've bits and pieces it. of it. There, it's really good. You know, I've always you, known you, it's you, good. You, it's you, like you, you said, you, you, you just got to take
1: the time and sit yeah, down yeah, and watch yeah, you it. You told me that I want to watch it. I started one time, but it was just a, a season in my life where I just didn't have the investment or something. But because I like war movies well enough, and I I like the sound of it, and it's probably one of the things that I, it's I have to just get. Like I think I started watching the first one, and maybe they're in boot camp, mm-hmm. and I'm like, eh, I don't know. We'll see. And I started watching
0: Succession.
1: Yeah. Um, Ex-girlfriend. Loved that and watched it. But that's, yeah, that's got a, and I love that actor, the guy who's the dad. Brian Cox. Yeah, Brian Cox. He's a brilliant actor. Yep. He is a brilliant actor. So it's
0: good so far, Mm -hmm. but there's no likable characters. You have to deal with that again. Yeah. Where it's like, oh boy, I hope so and so does okay. It's like, yeah, they that, can
1: all go to hell for yeah, all I care. I almost quit watching Yellowstone season two because during that season, there's a point where I couldn't stand any character. I hated all the. Char- I was like at that point, I didn't like any of the characters.
0: So it's kind of like this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're rooting for me.
1: Yeah, whatever. Rooting for me. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, how about movies? Movies. Got movies,
1: all right. Well, I think last time I had mentioned that I had watched that one rotoscope um, show, the one that's like that. You were like, "Is this? Is this trailer?" Did this movie tell me to get high. Yeah, um, but yeah, basically, it was uh, talking about Spine of the Night. But I didn't really elaborate much. But like Spine of the Night is an homage to the epic rotoscope classics of the eighties, like Heavy Metal, Fire and Ice it's it, it just really bloody and beautiful but one of the quotes that really in the the movie there's a character called mongrel and i'm pretty sure the voice work was done by joe mangianello and he says mm-hmm. when he's leading um xena uh her character lucy lawless lucy Lawless. her character is this uh shamaness who's been out in the wilds her whole life mm-hmm. and he was told to like capture her and bring her back so, so he's bringing her like on a tied up or unchained, chain and here she's being brought to a city and she's like, Oh, the smell of it and the smoke. And, and he says, welcome to civilization where the fearful and ignorant toil and the foolish delight in delusions of power. Anyway, I kind of thought that mm-hmm. was kind of neat. And definitely when he delivers it, it's a really neat line anyway, but I um, enjoyed that. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I watched that um, Led Zeppelin dazed and confused. <laughs> Which is like a, like a thing about them back in the day and da 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 And that was on Hulu. No, I, I got rid of Hulu. It was on uh, Prime, I think. That's so, just Prime. Yeah. So just for those of you that have Prime, yeah, I think that was kind of cool. The days and Confused. Yeah. Okay. All right. I enjoyed it. Uh, speaking of Prime, I watched the Becoming the Ricardos I was about looking I Love at Lucy. Yeah,
0: I was looking at that kind of hard. So I don't know about you. Did you, did you grow up watching Lucy or is it like I saw episode here or there? Cause that's
1: me. Well, no, episode I, here or there. I'll say that, um, and you know, of course I wasn't, <laughs> decrepit enough to, have. Mm. I'm kidding. You know, no, but, um, mm. but I'll say that as far as when I was, when I was coming up and we first had cable like WTBS and, um, anyway, there was a couple of those cable channels. Like one was Chicago and one was Atlanta that played mm. a lot of old TV shows they would play I Love Lucy in the morning, and I would watch that waiting for like the bus or something. And so, yeah, no, I, back then, I saw a lot of the old I Love Lucy episodes. Yeah, yeah. Huh. saw lots of them. One thing I was going
0: to say is maybe because of where we are geographically, mm-hmm. Andy Griffiths show.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: That was always on. And I've, I've I have seen, watched all that pretty much. I've seen every episode at least five times. Before. But I Love Lucy, those rerun runs weren't on all the time. So I don't know Not if that's a regional much. thing or what. Yeah. Like if you were in New York, you might have got I Love
1: Lucy in the afternoon, and they're like, yeah,
0: they, they don't want to see Andy Griffith.
1: Yeah, see, we got, like, Lucy in the morning when, you know, whatever. But, like, Andy Griffith came on around five, six, seven o'clock in the evening. You'd watch that while you're eating dinner, you know. And who didn't love that homespun, good, clean Americana? Which
0: is a lot like living in Longview. Yeah. For those of you that haven't come to the Long Con yet, no. grab a lion and grab a pole and come on down. That's right. So, anyway, the movie was really good. Really? Cool. So it it's basically a week of them filming when there's a massive crisis going on. I don't want to spoil it for you. It's mm-hmm. like, you can't spoil history, but. but... If you didn't know this little nugget... So yeah, it's it was pretty interesting. I do mm-hmm. recommend you check it out. I will. One that I don't recommend you check out is Your Barbarian of the Future.
1: <laughs> Have you seen that one? Because it definitely sounds like one of your kind of movies. So I just posted about that on Facebook... And because it was like the anniversary of it or something, and I reached out to my old buddy Michael Russell and said, Hey, didn't we see You're the Hunter in a double feature? And he said, Yeah, it was like You're the Hunter and some other god awful D sci fi fantasy flake. But no, it's, it's, it's oh, it's awful. I could have it's told ter- you. It's,
0: it's terrible.
1: Uh, it's, don't, I think at one point he's being attacked by stuffed animals. It's quite obvious, like a stuffed animal. So I watched the Rift
0: Tracks version, which is the Mystery Science Theater version for those of you that are in the know. Uh huh. Even that was horrible. There's been very few movies that I've seen that they can't rescue, and this is another one to add to the even pile. Them, their shenanigans, Oof. Can you? yeah.
1: No, I remember even as a kid where you're easier to impress. Like leaning over to Micah and being like, "Dude, is that like a stuffed animal or something?" Yeah, I mean, and we we laugh more than anything. Yeah, I mean, his dad at one point were like, "Do y'all want to go?" And we're like, "Yeah." I mean, no, it was it was really bad. All right, computer games. <laughs> Video
0: games. See, so we need a video podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, I have, unfortunately, uh, only because I love my youngest child so dearly, Uh-oh. <laughs> was bamboozled into playing Don't Die Alone Together or whatever. Again? Still? Yeah. And, oh, my God, that is, again, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Ooh, that's awful. After dying for the millionth time, and just being thoroughly bored. But I was loving spending some virtual time with my youngest child. I, As I said, well, I'm going to call tonight, Jake. I said, if you ever wondered if your father loved you, I love you very much because I've played this game for like, and he's like, we'll play something different next time, Dad. I'm like, that would be nice. So, <laughs> so you know, yeah, there's that. Well, I have talked about Pillars of
0: Eternity too, and yeah. I was having a hard time getting into it before. Mm-hmm. So I went back. With uh, I can't even remember what the name of the other game was right now, but I was playing both of them at the same time, and I'd played the the other one more, mm-hmm. and it was it was negatively impacting me. So now that I've gone back and played uh, Pillars of Eternity by itself, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it a lot more. Okay, so good, it's been a lot good. more fun.
1: I think I have that one.
0: Probably. Do you have one or two or both? Hell, I don't know. Well, I'm recommending them to you. To okay. They're very reminiscent of the old Baldur's Gates. And I love those. I have a lot of fond memories of Baldur's Gates. And then the Longview Computer Center, Mm -hmm. the place to get your computer centralized. Anytime, every time. Has recommended Outward to us, I think was the name of it. Yeah,
1: Outward. And I looked at that, and that looks very interesting. Now, we will do a review of it if
0: we are sponsored. If we get sponsored, we will definitely be happy to review that. So, uh, Cody, uh, open up the uh, wallet there and get back to us. So I think that's about it for the minute for video games. Unusually enough, we have a mailbag question. What? So this is from our buddy Jonathan, and I guess this is a, a, a good a time as any to bring up that I was on another podcast. You on another podcast? I was cheating on you. You bastard. So I went on... This old dungeon podcast. That's Bio Lou Al Lu, isn't with it? With our good friend Lou Al Lu. What a guy! And we got one of our frequent listeners from him as well. I think he heard about our podcast through that. Oh, thanks, Lou. And uh, he sent us uh, Jonathan sent us a mailbag question. Mm-hmm. And since I went on the other podcast, I find out he recycled questions. <sighs> Son of a gun! That was our guy too, that had written us this the beautiful uh, ones before, and then we sent him out that p- care package of goodies. Uh-huh. So yeah, he's trying to see what he can get out of the Is he other guys? His? Is so he cheating? I think he's oh, the real cheater, Jonathan. Oh so we my. may have to take we may have to fly to California and confiscate <laughs> his merchandise. We're going to
1: shake him down. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think if there was one where it was like a they like make you eat your stripes or whatever that sort of thing like <laughs> decommission you and make you eat your stripes yeah. so you're just on warning now this yeah. is this is how quickly you can fall around that's here fa- the from listener from, of the decade fall from grace yeah. to listener probation that's right but his question is uh-oh and here we go again luckily i'm flat-footed here i'm listening no you've uh actually if you want to get on facebook you can look up your answer to this <laughs> <laughs> I asked you this question about a month ago, okay. and you started typing out your answer, and I was like, save it for the podcast, buddy. Yeah. So we'll see if you remember we'll the question. See if re- okay. You'll get right in there. Yeah. So from him, I'm listening to the Subclass Act podcast.
1: Oh, there's even another one he listens to. See? This Probation. Guy. This guy.
0: A solo play podcast. Mm-hmm. The host took the characters from classic swords and wizardry system through a portal and into a sci-fi system. hmm he converted the characters to the new system and just kept playing. If you guys were going to mash up two completely different systems, what would you choose and generally, how would you make it work?
1: I receive no monies from Joe Goodman or Goodman Games. But we should. We really should. Um, one of the things I love that uh, when I was doing my post-APOC campaign in uh, uh, at one time, my, my East Texas post-APOC, I used... Goodman Games because it's so seamless that if you want to m- mesh MCC, DCC, um, uh, Weird Frontiers, uh, Crawl Jammer, or what are they, yeah, it's what, what they're like. they're sp- or, no. Space star- crawl, or, crawl. Star Crawl. Star Crawl, thank you. Or uh, Cyber Sprawl Classics or whatever, which is mm-hmm. the, you can, the, the, it's so seamless and easy to mesh these different, Uh, desperate, you know, uh, themes or genres or whatever, but they'll they'll mesh great because they all share that same core, elegant system. And so, yeah, if I was going to, you know, yeah, that would be, that's an easy one. Yeah.
0: You know. And it's not like we've never done it before.
1: Yeah, literally, I, at one point, said, all right, here's every class from Weird Frontiers, uh, MCC, American Wastelands, you know, DCC, just take your pick and you can play, because I do a really weird gonzo post-APOC. And so what's wild, we had one guy who was playing like a, a weird west uh, poker card chart guy from weird frontiers al- alongside like a mutant from uh, America, you know, so forth and so on. Yeah, I mean, so it was it was very, I felt like it was pretty elegant. You know, Well, I was going to say, the other thing is, is
0: again, we're not getting paid, but we should. Savage Worlds. Oh, yeah. Just anything you wanted
1: to start in Savage Worlds and transport it over to another setting. And at one time, I had entertained that idea, so mm-hmm. I'd bought the future sci-fi tech book, I'd bought the post-apoc book, I'd bought the Western book, and again, you could mesh any of these elements because you've got the underlying elegant Savage World system. Which, kind of out of the major systems, the one that doesn't do it is D&D, Yeah, which I will say in the old, and you've heard me reference what a brilliant, wonderful book. Like I think the question one time we had was like, what is the one gaming book that's just you've got your total money's worth for? I think we mentioned a podcast one time. And the original Dungeon Master's Guide, first edition, it's got uh, tables in the back. That mm-hmm. you can convert a d and d character into Gamma World and vice versa, or into Boot Hill, the Western game, but you have to do the conversion work. And they gave you the charts that hmm. were there in the DMG. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for the question. No, great question. Thank you, Jonathan. Keep them coming. I guess we'll lift your probation. Yeah, I guess uh, you're. You know, you're on double secret probation. But we'll be That's watching you. That's right. We'll have our agents in the area. You know, you're going to be required
0: to. Uh, do the retail level on all of our future Kickstarters. (laughs) Caverns of the Dead God coming to a Kickstarter near you. (sighs) No pressure.
1: No pressure. No pressure.
0: Uh, This is where I would normally talk about the first edition Osric group. But But, y'all switched to. We went over to the Green Ronin Song of Ice and Fire, which is the Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. game. We spent a session zero rolling up a house. That was fantastic fun. I highly recommend it. If you're like, I never want to play this game, get some dice and roll up the house. It's fun. It's interesting. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. Wow. So after we did that, we decided that group's breaking up. Oh, so there you go. So we shall see where your updates go from here. That's all a
1: great bunch of folks. Fun times were had. Yeah. I wish them all well, regardless. And the triumphant return of the Longview Game Club at its first exactly, meeting. Exactly, which was really nice. Even though we're still in the time, time of, of the, the COVID.
0: It's been a while since we broke that one out for I you.
1: know, I know.
0: All of our running jokes that aren't Getting, coming back. But then again, yeah. we we're going to talk about Longview Computer Center.
1: Yeah, where you can get your chakras and your computer centralized. Wow,
0: that's a new upgrade that they've been doing.
1: I know. Well, they have a a uh, a you know a crystal shaman there on ca- their crew there now, staff. Yeah. Well,
0: speaking of that other podcast, we had mm-hmm. talked about the Temple of Elemental Evil. Oh, my. But what I really love, because that's what, T1 through 4? Yeah, yeah, technically. What I really love is T1, the village omelet. Mm-hmm. And I cannot recommend that one highly enough to you guys. Even if you never go in the dungeon, you're just like, I need a home base for my guys to start out from. That one has it all. It's very
1: cool. Mm-hmm. And I guess your equivalent would be what? Uh, Borderlands. Keep, keep on Borderlands. Keep on Borderlands. That was that was where I cut my teeth as a kid. It was a great springboard and I like could. Go back two point or whatever. Yeah. But it's just, I guess, whichever ones we stumbled across as a kid. But, I mean, since then, I've discovered Omelette. And uh, definitely Mm -hmm. knowing you, you'd you'd have to. Delicious. But um, we've had some real fun there. And Eddie has been able to switch things up here and there to keep it fresh. So even though I've been to the village, since I've known him, what, three or four times, it was Mm -hmm. a different experience almost every time, which was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You didn't get to do the one with the false hydra, did you? No. Are I don't you familiar so. with that? Uh-uh. Well, let's see if we come back to it in my notes. Uh, part of this, the reason we're going to do this one is because doing the other podcast, I had made copious notes <laughs> and trivia that they just didn't have time for. Yeah. Their, their show went about two and a half, three hours. I think it was about three hours of recording time. Wow. So, I, and it was at night. Like lunch. we're we're right after lunch. We're high yeah. on barbecue today, as yeah, you can yeah. probably tell. You're like, these guys really have the pep today. Oh, we got some good powered cue. by barbecue. That's
1: right. Sunbird.
0: So this is some of the odds and ends, bits and pieces that did not fit in. So you can consider this like a companion piece.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: Or you can just say, Screw those guys. I'm only listening to the best
1: podcast, and that's <laughs> this one. We still love you, Lula. Podcast with the most uh B E D. Yeah, B D E whatever. <laughs> Oh, man.
0: Okay, so, temple random temple of, or village omelet, should I say, stuff yeah. that I'm going to throw at you. hmm Have you ever even read through it? No. Do you remember the NPCs, Burn and Rufus? No. That is the kind of like Captain of the Guard and the Wizard. Yeah. Also, there is Jaru Ashstath. Those characters were by Ernie Gygax, Skip Williams, and Tim Kask. Interesting. That was their characters that
1: they That's played right. in Gary's Dungeon. So that dungeon. became, in, yeah, because this, Gary Gygax wrote it, you know, yeah, the man himself. And I think he intended for this to be a good example of when you're just starting out and you're just trying to discover D&D, like here's the template for how to make of uh, your own little starter village or whatever yep. kind of, yeah. Yeah, it was so fantastic. And yeah. actually I can say you did end up
0: having to interact with Rufus. You just don't remember that the name doesn't. But remember
1: when you guys had the crown of worms yeah, and all that stuff you were getting no, no, identified? I will say I do remember him from you, from us playing with him. The, the name is tickling the back of my brain, yeah. They're oddball
0: bit. names. They're not very D&D-esque names. No, Rufus be like, is a great name.
1: I wish you would named one of them Jethro. <laughs> yeah, Jethro.
0: Jethro the stable boy. And I know you will remember the traitors, the traitorous traitors, mm-hmm. how they were always screwing you over for every penny. Mm-hmm. Do you know, have you got far enough in that book that you know who they're named after? No. So the uh traders NPCs are Ranos Davi and Grimag. Mm-hmm. Uh Ranos Davi is kind of described as a fat, slovenly, greedy man with like, you know, <gasps> crap on his shirt, just I mean, as filthy and uh-huh. Do you know who that one's named after? No. Arneson. Oh, Dave Arneson. burn, dude. Yeah.
1: That's awful.
0: And uh, Oh, we watched Secrets of Blackmore, which yeah. I don't know if we talked about that one much or we we'll have, talk we, about it when we, we, we get to about that episode. We talked about doing the book and that. Yeah, we got to
1: do it soon before I forget. But, yeah. but
0: there was one part where, uh, geez, I want to say he's maybe Dave McGarry, yeah, the guy that did the dungeon board game. Mm-hmm. He's the other traitor, oh, the wow. Weasley partner. Oh, wow well because
1: those two oh, because remember when Arneson left he left out of solidarity interesting interesting so that was kind of funny that there are some shots fired so and shots hola- taken so he put some little passive aggressive petty crap in there that's hilarious oh yeah and
0: I mean it wasn't just like these guys are the evil I mean like the fat slovenly and the mm. uh, slender rat face sort of thing It's that's like, hilarious yeah.
1: wow um, Those are some neat nuggets, and you didn't get to bust the good. I'm that's, telling you. I'm, that's, glad, I'm glad
0: we got it then. I'm turning this gold. I'm, I'm re-spinning this into our gold.
1: Lou, man, you just
0: you missed out on solid gold, son. One that they did talk about, and I'm back away from the mic and cough here, <coughs> is that uh, now I'm dying. Now we really need a video podcast. The
1: cue is getting you.
0: T1 was released for Gen Con 12 in 1979. Wow. And I think
1: Bill Larsh was
0: there for it. Wow. It was also released alongside the DMG and White Blue Mountain. Yeah. But can you imagine there was a time where they did not
1: launch all the books together? Oh yeah. Well no they back, couldn't. Back in the day, they used to stagger them. You would get the Monster Manual. And I think then the player's handbook and then the DMG, which seems like a backwards order. Like, why not like, here's the book you need to learn how to run. And then here's for the players. And like, here's the monsters or something, but no. And so what's funny was almost like a tip of the hat. When they released the third edition books around the turn of the century, they followed that same order. I think of what it was like monster manual player book, whatever they followed. They put them out one at a time. Like, why wouldn't you put them all out at once? But
0: anyway, this one goes back to the temple a little bit more. Oh, and I got these, these notes for the most part, or swiped out of the Goodman games, temple of the elemental evil redo oh, their yeah. reprint that they changed it. And I may end up running that. I might end up do the fifth edition one just cause I want to see how it goes. Right, right. Not like I'm
1: craving to run this in fifth, but I am curious. So do you want to hold off judgment until you've ran it or right now? What would you tell the listeners like, Oh man, go get it. It's awesome. Or... We
0: talked about that on the, uh, this old dungeon. Mm hmm. If, as just a collector, if you're an old-school guy, I say get it. Just because he's neat. He's got the notes and all that kind of cool stuff. You may go like, I don't even want the 5th edition part. Throw that out the window. Yeah. That's fine. But there's lots of bits of trivia and art and all that. It's and that's neat. If you like The Temple of Elemental Evil, uh-huh. pick it up.
1: And it seems like it comes in a really beautiful uh, oh, yeah. uh, sleeve thing. And, oh, I mean, yeah. it's really... And it's quality like all their other previous original well, editions. Yeah. Those books, I, I've owned those the goodman has really they're good i mean thick gauge paper the printing score just a lot of extra art and the guys work on these are some of the the best of the best
0: so. and we will submit that bill for promotion to joseph goodman i think was what it was exactly oh, the
1: the dark send Master. send him the bill yeah. the
0: dark master but this one goes back a little bit to temple of Evil, but i think maybe you'll appreciate it too yeah. in november of 81 Gygax said that it would be out in time for Gen Con 15, summer 82 in 1983. He said in, if he had five more weeks to work on it, it would be done. It's just like, when will I find these five weeks? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he instead went off to TSR Entertainment. So that was around the time that he went out to his California period. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why the temple itself is so disjointed Mm-hmm I don't want to say half-baked, but terms along those lines, it just, it never got the love.
1: Yeah. But it it was such a momentous, a big
0: project. It's the first mega dungeon for TSR. Yeah. But yeah, it's a freaking massive project, but nobody had time. And this is where we talk about the game wizards again. Mm -hmm. When you start reading into that, where Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, this is where Gygax's time was. Mm -hmm. And there was, do I want to be the president of a company? Or do I just want to be the guy that writes stuff? And in yeah. a way, he was more the artist, but in another side, he wanted to be the businessman. Mm-hmm. So it was a conflict, and this is the result of it. And the product suffered because of it. Interesting, interesting. So his notes were given to Frank Mintzner. Okay. And it was finished for Gen Con 18. Wow. Which was in 85.
1: Yeah, that's a, yeah, wow.
0: So that, I always kind of say that was the Chinese democracy <laughs> of adventures, where everybody's just like, where is it? yeah. Uh it was the it was a super module. And ran a minner ran attorney version of it at that gen con mm-hmm. but that's just funny because it's like you start writing an adventure and then give me all the notes and go, finish it up, buddy mm-hmm. and this is not just some small this will take you you know one adventure session this is the adventure that will
1: take you the rest of your life or this is something. A, this is a campaign. Forever, yeah. Yeah, it's a campaign. Because that's one of the things about old school gaming and dungeoneering. That's why you had to have something like uh, the Keep on the Borderlands or Hamlet because you would delve into the dungeon, get your butt kicked, and you would crawl out and go get your friends resurrected and heal your wounds, sell your goods, buy some new equipment, trudge back in the dungeon. So th- there would be these back and forths in and out of the dungeon. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Do all the little stuff on the side quests and even get waylaid on the way there, back, even, you know. Yeah, but kind of
0: like you're going to have to do, you may have to do some grinds on the side or
1: something so you can level up enough for the next. Going back to just Omelette itself. Do it. Go back. The Moat House. It's iconic. Back in the village. Right? I mean, the Moat House is just iconic. I remember when we went to the Moat House in your. other world campaign, what would you call it, where we were in that jungle? Otherworld, welcome realm. to the jungle. Oh, yeah, um, but the, I, I knew when we were in the moat house, and I was like, Oh, we're in the moat house, and the moat house is cool. Like, people have done um, 3D prints of the moat house. I mean, yeah, I want one. And those damn frogs, they're iconic. I mean, those have way the death of you're, many. You're like, Man, eventually. frogs, uh uh-uh, oh, those frogs have jacked some parties. There's people that like. Yeah, that's where they cut their teeth and have stories about those damn frogs. Anyway, so but yeah, I just want to touch on that. But going back to the the temple, those are really interesting tidbits. Well, here's you
0: another one. Eight weeks after it was released, Gygax is out of the company. Wow. Eight weeks. So I mean, just to kind of frame how that that was really going on in the most Yeah uh controversial T S R period right there. Yeah. Everything's hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. So a few weeks
1: difference we may have never had it released oh because they wanted to poop on anything that had his name on it right, right. oh yeah so think about you think how it, for whatever your mileage is with it or what you think of it it's interesting to think it might never would have even seen the light of day if it had, if the time had been a little different interesting interesting and if, if, if everything had been sunshine and
0: roses we might have got a we might have got a T2 instead of a yeah you know 234 Mm-hmm. and that could have been a completely different adventure.
1: Yeah, what if, if Gary had been able to draw back and said, yeah, forget trying to be a Hollywood hotshot or sell our rights to movies and cartoons and focused on gaming, yeah. Or if he had been like,
0: hey, why don't you guys run the company and I'll focus more on being a writer. yeah. yeah. Making the best
1: product. What if indeed?
0: Let's see. Um, some other general notes. There was a return to Temple of Elemental Evil for
1: third edition. You remember that? Yeah. They did a lot of Return to the two of Horrors, Return to the Temple of Elemental Evil. Yeah. And those are kind of hit and miss. And I actually, uh, Brendan LaSalle wrote
0: something in the Temple of Elemental Evil, like his remembrances of it. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him a little about it. Oh, cool. The last time. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty interesting, too. That's worth checking out. So I think his first experience with the temple was the third edition temple. Interesting. Yeah. And in the moat house, there's a dragon. Strange, huh? Wow. So um, the only way that I've ever played through the whole Temple of Elemental Evil is the Atari game Uh for PC, which was in 2003. Wow. Which, if you can still find it out there, I recommend it to you. It's a fun game. Wow.
1: I bet you could probably find a version that's playable somewhere.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, The cover for Temple of Elemental Evil was Mm -hmm. done by Keith Parkinson. Yeah, I love his work. Uh, Clyde Caldwell's first painting for TSR was called the Moat house, but it was used as the cover for AC five PC record sheets. Hmm. So I'll, maybe I'll put that on our little, uh, visuals our page, yeah. but it looks like a bunch of adventurers about to go into the Moat house. Oh, cool. But that's not used at all in any of the temple of elemental evil stuff or, or the omelets that have been made, nope. redone. Nope. So it's uh-huh. like, what? Yeah. But that was Caldwell's first piece. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Harley Stroh, this is one that you've brought up to me before, because mm-hmm. you ran it for me, which was "Sailors of the Starless Sea," mm-hmm. and you're like, "Does that adventure remind you of something? Of
1: anything?" Because you,
0: knowing you being a big omelet fan, yeah. So Harley said, "Yes." that was a big inspiration for that. Sure. So there's a kind of another way to experience. And, and
1: if you, a lot of people f- that are DCC people, they rave about Harley's work, and a lot of people have cut their teeth on... Um, sailors? Sailors or whatever and rave about it, whatever. And so in, in in some way, though, you can... definitely Harley deserves all the credit, but interesting to see that he was inspired by another great... Because Village is, is a great, yeah, touchdown for D&D.
0: Which is funny because after I played that, I was so inspired by Harley's vine horrors Uh that I brought them back into the moat house Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where it had a motley crew of folks trying to spread these evil vines throughout the land. And that was before you came in. There was another group of PCs in this kind of ongoing living campaign thing. Mm -hmm. Those PCs had gone back and forth with the main bad guy Mm -hmm. and they decided for some reason they were going to sleep in the dungeon. So, of course, they get captured. right? And he says, if you guys will help us spread these seeds, you're free to go about your business. So, of course, they agreed to it. And then followed through even. Oh, yeah. And they did it. And then your group that was playing in it. Had to deal
1: with the aftermath. Yeah,
0: which was the fun thing about that living, ongoing campaign campaign in the world. Is somebody was always cleaning up the previous party's mess. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, this is what you guys did. And now we're... I mean, that wouldn't have been a problem
1: at all, Yeah, but they created it and then you guys got to deal with it. What's one of the the saddest shames about you shelving that? Because I bet if you had a group playing that now, they'd be cleaning up our messes, which would be hilarious. Yeah, because your mess was, you remember that?
0: Oh, you'll remind me. It's on tip of my... Let me just say death, frost,
1: uh, doom. Oh yeah, we unleashed... (laughs) (laughs) the undead hell yeah yeah so woof if you thought the vine things were bad exactly yeah yeah. if you thought they screwed up think of the army of darkness times 10 or whatever yeah yeah so oops everybody had their had their oopsies in that you know oops the doodle oops oopsie you know so anyway okay since you know your uh, early D&D trivia better than me
0: have you ever heard of the artist Fred or Jack Fred
1: that sounds familiar Oh, and another thing, you were trying to remember a, a, like a, car, a, a D&D artist and or comic artist named Walt, something in a previous podcast recently. Was it Walt Simonson? That's Thor, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. but no, He didn't that, do that much for D&D, did he? I, I want to think he did some in the early days, or unless I'm crazy, I think he did some Some, stuff. but not not a lot. He wasn't as prolific as, yeah, or, or Dat, or whatever, you know, Trampier, who did so much stuff in the early days. He did a few things at some point, but yeah. This is one of the things that we did talk about on the other
0: podcast, but damn it, it, it it's interesting enough to bring but, it up But you again. said Fred something, or no. Jack were? Fred. Jack Fred. It sounds familiar, but. So that is a name used by TSR artists, when they had done had to do their work quickly and maybe it wasn't their best or they weren't totally happy with it or, and sometimes it's an in-joke. But they
1: had to just kind of slap it out there.
0: Yeah, so like you're Alan Smithy for movies or whatever. Uh-huh. So uh, Jack Fred had virtually every credit in Temple of Elemental Evil. It's all done by Jack Fred. Wow. Which was Elmore,
1: Easley, and Parkinson. Wow, so they weren't really that, they were kind of under the gun, like, hurry yeah. oh, yeah, up, we need this by midnight. So that was all Jack Fred. That is that is a neat bit of trivia, And man. some
0: of it might have been like, well, Jack Fred's done 10 of these. He can do all 20 of them or what have you. Yeah. So it could have been one of those things, too. But, yeah, that was there. like, we had to go faster on that. And, I mean, there's lots of beautiful art in there. Oh, yeah. You have to be an easily or uh, Elmore or something like that to be like, this is not, this is not my best
1: work. And you're like, whatever, this is way better than, yeah.
0: Yeah. If I could draw your hastily whipped out stuff, you know, I'll give my left arm or something. Yeah. Right. Um, Oh, here's one that's just interesting to me and you. Maybe Mm -hmm. you will remember this when we went on our little visit of Lake Geneva. Yeah. The old statue of Andy Gump.
1: Yeah. Do you know who sculpted that? It turns out, uh, it was somebody we know. Jeff Easley. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. The crazy
0: facts. But that actually has a little bit of write-up in that Temple of Evil Goodman Games thing, too. So, I mean, these are lots of little trivia tidbits I learned from that. Yeah. Um, Oh, here's one that I wanted to bring up, too. Changes from first edition to fifth edition. Mm -hmm. So, Area 35 of the Moat House Mm -hmm. is where my boy, Laurent the Beautiful, hangs out. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't know, Lawrence the beautiful, I have that little mini Mm -hmm. and about 90% of the time when I'm playing a game, that's who I use as my mini. Mm -hmm. Lawrence the beautiful with that outstretched staff and the shield. Yeah. So, uh, he is a challenge rating three. His hoard should be 500 gold pieces. Mm -hmm. That's breaking him down into fifth edition terms. Plus one D four magic items. Wow. What he has is three magic items, one of those being an extremely rare staff, the Staff of Striking, Mm -hmm. which I love that thing. And he has 21,000 gold pieces worth of treasure. Wow. Fifth edition, he should have 500. Old school, he's got 21,000. And that's, you know, ripping everything off the walls,
1: taking the beautiful rugs and, and stuff like that, and, but still. And here's the neat thing to think about old school D&D. You leveled by tra- by, yeah. by treasure value. You could see a party if they took him down. You're all second level. And that's back in the day when you're like, yeah, we're taking all the furniture out of here yeah, people, selling it. We're taking those guys' swords and what they have gold fillings. We pry those out. Well, hence the term in the old Living grayhawk days, to just quickly tell the GM, we're going to take every damn thing that might be of value, we'd say, we Greyhawk the room. You know, I mean, we're just going to, yeah, we're we're taking the carpets and the drapes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, the fifth edition version of this has an encounter before you get to Hamlet, mm-hmm. which is something that, as a GM, I've always done
1: that. I remember so on the way back, me and Rob got it hijacked by wolves or something the one time it was just me and him and we we're like so we're you're like well you guys want to pack it in we're like we want to play and you're like just the two of y'all all right then you know and that's why old school you used to hire an npc or something apparently we didn't think to do that or have a, I had a dirt moment you know but the way that this starts is you get the big massive
0: wall of text mm-hmm. and then you're in a village there's no excitement until you make some and you can be exploring the village for a while so that's why i like to put one in right off the cuff yeah and go okay i've given you your combat fix for a little bit now you can
1: relax and well that was like when when cody had his adventure with you know the witch which was really well done and but it's kind of like there was there was a lull for a while and i said why don't you have the party get waylaid by a throwaway encounter on the way into town i think we gave him that recommendation same kind of principle. Give them a little bit of excitement. Then there'll be the town where some people will have fun, interacting with NPCs, Whether one guy's over here playing on his phone waiting for the next combat to start, you know. But, but I will say when you ran this for us, poor Kerry uh, was, you know, like playing the warrior and wanted to just kill, kill, kill. And again, like you said, we get into town and we're all like interacting with the NPCs and getting to know them and having fun. And you added another layer of intrigue in, which definitely had me over here, uh, there's a goblin in the mayor's man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was wild. And so I that had a lot was of the fun. false Hydra. Okay. Yeah. So I remember that we had fun with that. And, um, so for those of you that are not familiar with this,
0: it's, it's one of those hip things. It's the avocado toast <laughs> of D <D&D> and D perhaps. <laughs> yeah, man. But there is a creature called the false Hydra and it sings. And when it's singing, it alters your memories so that was the thing. They would go and be like, well, we're at the mayor's house. We don't have a mayor. It was all that kind of stuff. Oh, and the one that I remember that was really fun was you guys had gone to the inn, Mm -hmm. and that night, the innkeeper's wife served you, and you're like, well, you know, it's kind of like, this is uh, Joe Smith's inn. It's like, well, where's Joe? There is no Joe. There's never been a Joe, and it's like, the missus that's serving you guys and then when you wake up the next morning you're being served by their children and it's like where's the adult that's running this and it's like no we've been running this for years and it's just all this stuff that it keeps getting more and more obvious
1: yeah it was just so weird and so we were having a lot of fun with that and we were like Okay, what what's going on here? And so, yeah, forget getting out to the dungeon. We were hanging out in town because we were so intrigued and wanted to figure this mystery out. So, bravo, sir, as, as usual, wonderful job. But that's a good example of how wonderful the village is. Uh-huh. You don't even need the dungeon. No, we, we, You can do so much for your own stuff. Poor Carrie was over here just, like, biting the edge of the table because she wanted to kill some stuff. And we're all like, we got to get to the bottom of this mystery, you know, whatever. We were having a lot of fun with it. But, again, it goes to show you how... Eddie, Eddie ran me on that very same adventure, Village of Hama, easily in the time I've been only five different times, and each time was a different and enjoyable experience. Do you remember the time that you got to the frogs and they were
0: elemental frogs?
1: Yep, yep.
0: That was a lot of fun right there, too. I think yeah. you guys maybe were a little bit higher level that because we started at third level. Right, so right. So I was like, eh, the straight-off frogs by themselves might not be a challenge. But then it's like another spitting well, This fire one breathes the, fire, the, yeah. and that
1: one shoots lightning. And, and this one had an acid mist. It would barf out. This one explodes when it dies. Yeah, and that's fun. So fun. So that's where yeah, you could take an adventure like, like I guess say that that's been. And you can spruce it up and change things up. It's brilliant. And speaking of another time you got to play it, man, you've played this a ton of times. Yeah, so the mist rolled in before we can even get to town. And about the time I we went, oh, shit, are we? And I looked over and you winked and went, you asshole. I knew what was happening. We were transported to the Demi Plane of dread. Yeah. If, if a GM goes, a strange mist rolls in and you hear the howling of wolves, yeah, you're fixing to go punch to Punch him in the face. Yeah, punch him in the face and run. You're going to Ravenloft, you know.
0: Well, so one of the things the that we I think we've talked about just like in dungeon design in general mm-hmm. is the big wall of text mm-hmm. to introduce you to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of that except mm-hmm. for when I am a fan of it. Mm-hmm. When I do it, mm-hmm. like Carnage, here's your big text wall of introduction. I am sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. That's how it poured out. But this one, Village, also has one of those, and it's really cool, and it really sets the mood, mm-hmm. and it's got so many vocabulary words in it for you.
1: Well, back in the day, definitely excelsior, and I mean, yeah, uh, you, uh remember and them. a small herd of kine.
0: Yeah. Like, what
1: like,
2: the
0: What is his kine? kine? Yeah. They're cows, my friends. They're cows. Yeah. Uh, for wheel or woe, yeah. that'll always be one of my favorite lines too. Yeah. What will,
1: what will you find? All those questions at the end of that intro, uh-huh. right? just no. Guy so, was so good at what he did, but what I liked is how you could have like I remember playing. It was actually by um, oh, I feel so bad the the, the Lindor Isles and Bone Hill, mm-hmm. which I love. That was done by oh, I feel bad, but the guy who died not too long ago, Lynn. Uh, that's on tip of my tongue, but anyway. I love how you would you have these quick little bite-sized snippets. And that's why I think for the old stat blocks were smaller, you could you could do it. And so yeah, you had that wall of text, but as far as the individual entries for different rooms or areas, they gave you it was very Spartan. Oh yeah. But but they but they would they hit that sweet spot where it was just enough that you could work with, but not they could keep the thing under 18 pages or whatever, you know. And there's a lot there. In 18 pages. I mean, you get your money's worth, definitely, mm-hmm. in Village of Omelette. Uh, I was going to say, uh, whenever I run it, the traders almost
0: always get a spy into the party because the traders are evil. Yeah, They're cool. spies for the temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the parties almost always fall into the trap.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that might be why we didn't hire an NPC. Yeah, because I think we were we were on to them or whatever.
0: Uh, The fifth edition version, it offers a lot of challenge reduction, about half the number of zombies, uh, six bugbears to the portals, switch that to two. So there's a lot of it where they tried to uh, obey the old school, follow what was done before, but they realized in a modern setting. It's just too brutal. Yeah. So that's one thing to consider there too. Interesting. If you want that experience. Because it's in there, it's like, hey, if you want to have six bugbears here, okay, but the party's going to die. Yeah. Or they're going to have to play smart.
1: And that's, I didn't say it, but I was thinking, or bring your A game. Green Slime in 5th edition. See, now it's a trap. It used to be an
0: actual monster encounter. It does 1 D10 damage until it's removed. Ouch. And you're talking about
1: first, second, third level characters? Instead of just dissolving you, though.
0: Yeah. And then a how many do you, How many hit points does a first level fighter have now? Right, but the other thing uh, is,
1: it used to ruin your armor and weapons and all kind of crap on we'll top. Bad enough that it would kill you almost, but then also it would ruin a lot of your gear.
0: Yeah, uh, keep in mind ghouls are a lot weaker now too. Everything is. I mean, yeah. But um, ghouls got so neutered, it makes me cry.
1: I know. That was pucker factor. You know? Oh yeah, back in the day ghouls, when it was like claw, claw,
0: claw, claw,
1: claw, bite. Yeah, and then your these apt are going to gonna paralyze you. you. And if you're paralyzed, you're stuck there paralyzed. And I mean, I think a horrific to describe, and as you stand here watching one ghoul, two ghouls carry you off and begin to take bites out of you or something as they and you, as your, your friends go, no. And watch your, I mean, yeah, I remember a description. Like, that's why if one, the first time players played D and D and fought a ghoul, the next time when I started that description, you'd hear them go, but no, I run, forget it. I flee. Or I'll throw that potion I've been saving for that right occasion, that, explosion or a man. I think in our uh, Osric party at
0: one, at one time in the beginning, there mm. was only humans. Oops. That's why you bring an elf. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because there's like, oh, he can put the touch on all of you. Yeah. So you better make them saves because nobody can just shake it off. Kind of like sleep. And I'm You're all remember, going to
1: sleep. I, I don't I don't think it was all the attacks in first edition because that had just been too brutal, but it was like their bite carried it or their claws, one or the other. But I want to say claw. Claw. Yeah, and so the deal was, that's two of the three attacks. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, and saving throws sucked in the earlier editions of the game. So, you were going to get paralyzed. I mean, it was just,
0: yeah. Um, there's an early encounter in the moat house with an ogre. Ogres are no joke in the old school. Good old Lubbish the Ogre. Mm-hmm. But that one, I mean, that one you had to play a little bit smarter too and kind of outwit the big brute. Yeah, He was always
1: way too much for the party. And that well, was another time where you needed tactics. And that's the ogre in uh, Keep on the Borderlands. When he's in the one of the earlier caves, like it's sprinkled in with the goblin cave and the kobold cave where you're figuring, oh, we're in the chump area. No, there's an ogre in the mix, you know. And I think like the goblins have bribed him, you know, to appease him. So like if you're attacking the goblins and you're really getting the best of them, the the, 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 the chief goblin will go, hey, go get the ogre or whatever. Tell him we need him. And then the ogre shows Wake the up. the gimp. yeah. Yeah, he's going to gimp you all right. But.
0: And then just there having a old Laurent the Beautiful. always enjoyed that. That's always a big fight for the party because he's got that staff of striking plus three, Ouch. which if he expends three charges can do triple damage. Yeah, you're dead. So, yeah. I, I would lead off on that one in the old school day. He'd look over to the fighter and use command and be like, run. Huh. Then they're gone for at least two rounds, and he just smacks the poop out of the next tanky type person with that staff. Mm-hmm. Such a good tense fight for the players. Mm-hmm. When you've beat him, you've done something. you got bragging rights. Yeah.
1: Um, and you deserve all the loot you get.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: So it really That's is true. a shame to high think. High risk, high reward. that they. But is he still in 5th edition high risk, high reward? I don't know. They kind of took so. his teeth away yeah. and took his loot away. So I mean, you might go, well, he's not as dangerous, but what a shame. I'd rather bring, bring that heated booyah fight and give me the loot. But since we're now besmirching the fifth
0: edition version a little, I will say, I? I will say that they have added in a lot of overland areas. Ah. so you always had that map back in the day, and it was like, here it is. What's there? Yeah. Uh, whatever you want to populate it. Yeah. So,
1: uh, the folks at Goodman Games did a good job with that, fleshing it out a lot more. Because that's one of the things I've complained about is like. I, I see games come out where, like, here's bullet points, here's, ideas. I don't need your ideas. I need this fleshed out. I want a complete whole product. So good for them that they gave you those. They fleshed out the Overland Encounters for you. They that's filled wonderful. out Nolb. That's mm-hmm. the town that you'd probably go to
0: after. Homlet on mm-hmm. your way to the Temple of Elemental Evil, that's mm-hmm. been really fleshed out where that was kind of just bullet points before. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a really good job with that. It does make me interested to try and play it. Um, the last few things here, where do you remember when you guys got to the temple of elemental evil and there are the fear doors, mm-hmm. the ones that's the one where it's like fill this save, and you will never, ever be able to approach these doors again in your life, yeah. which you can get around fine without it. Mm-hmm. But that's just an interesting old school thing mm-hmm. that this is forever. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. and, uh, Inside the actual first level of the temple, there was a tile pattern. I -hmm. think it's like red and brown and white and green or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I had one of my players so many years ago that they got in and they did not know what that tile pattern was. And I said, I'll never tell you until you go back and play it. So to this day, I still talk to that person and they still have no idea what those tile patterns are about. So I thought that was a fun little because I mean really if you wanted to know badly enough mm-hmm. you could go spoil it for yourself yeah but keep the mystery alive oh absolutely
1: well I could yeah keep yeah. dangling that carrot yeah but it sounds like you had a lot of fun researching that yeah yeah it yeah. was
0: really good all that pretty much was gleaned through the Goodman Games book so again You'd have to do COVID run out and
1: grab it. Twenty different websites and pour over stuff It's right there. Well, the work the had been done too, for a lot of it because
0: yeah. I pr- probably could have gone to like a Greyhawk Grognard or Grognardia or what have you mm-hmm. and listened to a million other podcasts talk about it. Mm-hmm. But how is that our experience and how is that our opinion? Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I thank you for sharing that with us, man. Well, you're welcome. You have anything that you want to add now that I've rambled on for a while?
1: No, no. Um, but I wonder if like let's say what well, I was to pose ideas for topics. Naked. No, thank you. But here's like an idea of how to be an ambassador of the hobby.
0: Oh. Uh, oh, well, you closed up and see I have pushed away my notes. So that's how Matt was like, I guess he's done. Yeah. Matt opened up the phone. Uh, to look at his notes, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, he's going to pose some topics of interest to the listeners." Yeah, no, I am. So I got one topic. Okay. And then you closed the phone. Well, go ahead. No, no, no. It was there.
1: Oh. Did you have like, hey, how would you guys like? Yeah. A. But, yeah. I thought you were going to go. Would you like A, B, well, or C? Sure. No, and I, I was, but I the other ones are here, but that one was in the phone. Ah. So like, like, how would you like us to talk about how to be a good ambassador of the hobby? Okay. Or have us talk about luck in games, or in reality, <laughs> as in real, actual. How
0: is your luck at games, Ex- or yeah. using luck in games like your
1: luck it, score? It, exactly, like as as a, you know, yeah, yeah. Different dynamics with luck, and and it is an ability in different games. I've seen. It turns out it's not just Goodman Games and DCC uh, right. that uses luck, as it turns out. And so, so I thought we could cover th- that as a topic: how to be an ambassador of the hobby. Or it seemed like you had an idea. I'm full of ideas. Okay, actually,
0: we had talked about doing the Game Wizards, and what was the other one? Shadows of Blackmore. Yeah kind of talking about the earliest days of D and D that will be an episode at some point. Yeah, that's
1: good. That, that, that'll be a whole episode. I yeah. Feel like.
0: Matt's just got to finish his reading assignment. Yeah. And I'm dude, I promise I'm We'll <laughs> get it. And I want to say there's one more thing that we had lined up kind of, sort of that we're like, yeah, that would be a good episode. Yeah. We'll have to, that's why I posted somewhere, you know, but all of Matt's, suggestions if there's any of those that you would like to see us get to sooner yeah or if you have an idea
1: please anything like along those lines like a topic or an idea something you'd like to hear us babble about or if you've got a question yeah absolutely. if you've got a
0: comment mm-hmm. if you've got a complaint feedback if you want to tell us how much better you enjoyed this than the the temple of elemental evil on this old dungeon <laughs> jonathan <laughs> you better <laughs> This is kindly picking. I do appreciate them thinking highly enough of me to be a special guest on theirs. No, Lou's cool. And Bill Barsh was Lou is fantastic. Lou gave me so much help doing this first Kickstarter. I can't thank him enough. No, no. Lou's a super great guy. Bill we've known forever. Yeah, gosh. So that was like old folks home again. Yeah. And he has a lot
1: of good things to... Add in because he's like, yeah, I was there. No, that's what's wild. Yeah, he was there in the early days. Yeah, man. I mean, and literally he was in the right there. part of the world. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh,
0: and we had talked about uh, the dash for cash,
1: mm-hmm. kill everything for loot. Yeah, because we stole that from him, and it turns out he stole it from somebody else. So back in the we day. had a
0: mutual admiration society on that. Mm-hmm. And he says he's probably going to come to the Long Con
1: this year. It's about Paysetter setter games setter, yeah A lot of great, I own some of A lot Actually I own quite a bit Of his old school stuff I've got that one box set It's like the blood I ran you And Layla And TJ on it And um, Remember Layla Ended up getting the house She she got the house As a like She won the deed To the house And y'all had the to clear The millennial dream Yeah Yeah That's the new d d exactly. Oh well While we're dragging this
0: out Just a little bit more Yeah Because we went Almost three hours with them I figure we can go An hour and a half Right Yeah right and we're not that close yet. But the next edition of D&D is almost on our doorsteps. I'm going to butcher the name right now, but it's like Mordecai and presents the mythical monsters or whatever. Have you heard of this or you're completely, because I know you're not really keeping up with the fifth edition stuff now.
1: You see the look on my face. Yeah. I have no idea Video what you're Video podcast. About. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm perplexed and vexed a bit
0: even. So the latest book that is coming out, mm-hmm. you can get it right now today.
1: And it's, think, And this is their this is their uh, tantalization little uh, teaser laying the groundwork for the the next edition. But the thing is, if you want to get
0: it now today, mm-hmm. you have to buy it in a three pack with Xanathar's and Tasha's Cauldron of Infinite Goodness or whatever. And I want to say it's about one hundred and sixty eight. Something along those lines. Ain't ain't none of them books cheap. That's the only way you can get it right now. Thoughtful. The book by itself Mm -hmm. will not be released until May. If you want it by itself. Like, I already own the other two. Wow. Wait till May. The digital version, Mm -hmm. not out till May.
1: Of course not. That, eh, no comment. No comment.
0: So anyway, but that is where it should be introducing, I want to say like 30 new player races or something like that. And it is where it's turning into the, like, monsters don't have alignments. And all races are the same. Where, you know, the traditional, like, the elf gets a plus one to his intelligence and he takes a minus one to his constitution sort of thing. The old traditional. And the ogre, the half orc, gets a plus two to strength, but he gets a minus two to intelligence. So now it's just flavor description? Yeah. Because every every race is as good as the human race. Right. Which the human has kind of had the, variant human or something like that, because it's like you're not sexy, fool, so we'll give you like adaptability as your thing.
1: All animals are equal, but some are more equal than
0: others. All animals run the same speed. Yeah. The snail and the cheetah should right. all have the same speed stat. Yeah.
1: We're going to do a test on climbing. Oh, darn, the fish failed.
0: But, and, uh, I mean, I, I kind of don't like that for the for the races for the racism of this because it's easy enough to select it at the beginning you're like i'm playing a wizard i'm going to be an elf because they get an intelligence bonus instead of well i'm going to play a wizard and now i play anything in the
1: world because i can give anything in the world the intelligence bonus and that could be a good thing in a way because it got to where things got power power gamey to where it's like all the you know, like all the priests are dwarves because they get a wisdom bump and all mm-hmm. the warriors are half folks get a strength bump. All the wizards are elves because they get, it's kind because people are all like, I got to wheedle out that every little benefit and bonus or whatever. And it's like. But now you can.
0: It's not because you're like, I'm going to play a wizard, but now I'm going to play an orc. And mm-hmm. or half work, and I'm still going to get that plus two to intelligence bump. Because what we are getting at is at take least take the minus yeah. and show me why your less intelligent yeah. wizard is so cool.
1: Yeah, I can't believe I'm taking up for them, but in this instance, actually, this is kind of a good thing in that people will maybe start being more interesting in their selections of like, yeah, I'm going to play a half work wizard because there's not some detriment to doing it now. But it's all flavor exactly. instead of
0: if you mechanically do something, that would be more interesting to me.
1: Yeah, but the, but the fact is, like you said, you started seeing that this samey-samey kind of thing. Okay, so what is the difference between my wizard elf and my wizard
0: half-elf? Because they're both the most intelligent thing you've ever run into. Yeah. It's not like you're dealing with the mm-hmm. mechanical differences. Yeah. Like playing a wizard that's not very smart, and to go back to the example we always go back to, the DCC one, mm-hmm. where it's like the fighter was smarter than the wizard, but the wizard was stronger than the fighter. But that's interesting. That's different. That's something we can talk about a hundred
1: times. Yeah. And the elegant thing about DCC is you can have a character that's got a 10 strength and still be highly effective because of the D die. And you can be playing uh, that uh, uh, wizard with a lower intelligence and still by the dynamic of the, the whole, the stats aren't very swingy. In DCC, if you're like, if you have a 13 intel or you have a 10 intel, it's one. I mean, you know, if you have a nine intel, it's one point different to cast your spells. Whoop-dee-doo, you know. I think it's going to be more hegemony. Yeah. I think it's going to be, you're going to lose some of the
0: flavor because your elf and your orc. They don't have any different backgrounds. The well, elves
1: the, and the dwarfs, it's like we're equally yeah. good at casting spells I we're, mean shouldn't half orc have, shouldn't half orc wizards be a rare thing, wouldn't you think? But now, no. Why why half orcs could be wizards as well as anybody. What's well, kinda like a goodly aligned drow yeah. was a rare snowflake. huh.
0: And now they're dominated. Hey, everybody's we were all good all the time. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying you the, can't enjoy it. I'm yeah. just saying, eh but so I will say you think it's the game's kind of less than like, it's really lost something by doing that. See, that kind of leads me to old grumpy man on a cold gray day. No, but that's the whole thing about that thing I posted the day about like, you know, are you you gatekeeping? No, you know? Yeah. You can enjoy your game your way, however you want. Let me enjoy my game. However I want. Yeah. So it's one of those things to where no, I mean, absolutely. Um, but if someone comes and screams at you for, you didn't fall in line, you're not playing it the new way, Brrr, you, what, you grump old, poor old, mean old man. You well, know. the 50th it's, anniversary is about two years
0: away, I think is what they said. Wow, oh, yeah, damn. And for that, there will be the new evolution. Mm. They're not saying Version. So it may be 5.5 or something.
1: Yeah, because honestly, right now, 5th edition is so popular, insanely popular. To move away from it now, I really I think they'd be shooting themselves in the foot. But we're starting another podcast. Well, I mean, this could be its own topic. Yeah, where yeah, we I talk know, about, know, hey,
0: yeah. 5.5 is coming down the road. Yeah. What are the impacts going to be on gaming? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how many people are going to jump off at that? How many people are going to jump off when there's an actual six how yeah. will cons survive? Will Because, I mean, from 3.5 Living Greyhawk yeah. to 4th, that was the cataclysm of d
1: d right there oh, in yeah. a lot of that's, ways. That's how uh, Pathfinder got its foot in the door and became the preeminent role-playing game for a few years there. For a while there, it was all Pathfinder. d d literally shit the bed. Excuse my French, for those of you... Don't like blue language, but I mean, really, they shit the bed with fourth edition. And there are people out there like me, I enjoyed fourth edition. So don't think I'm I'm poo-pooing on fourth edition, but there were a lot of people that were very mad at they were like, I like third edition, I invested in it, I bought the books, I liked it. Why would you go away from it? And fourth wasn't the thing to go away from it with. Fifth is. Because fifth is more of a, of a re-embracing of, of less rules and more role-playing because there got to be like, you need a college course for that crap. It mm-hmm. was stupid. So ask me, you've heard, if you've listened to this podcast, I kind of poo-poo on third edition. It was just way too convoluted, way too much math, way too much, I'm on one foot wearing a green shirt on Tuesday, you know. You'll appreciate this. When I was at Games to Go the other day uh-huh. and one of the guys up there was saying, we're
0: about to start playing 3.5 again and the GM is like, no power
1: gaming. How, good luck with that. Yeah, how that's so baked in. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I, the other day, this came up, talking to somebody, was that was what was so sad about third edition, was if you knew what you were doing, you could make the most one-trick pony broken ass Run over everything, spoil everybody's fun, character. But if you really didn't know what you were doing, or you were kind of an idiot, the most useless. You could have the most useless character possible. And there are these guys that were just with beaming with pride over this character, and I'd be looking at him going, "Your character's worthless," and I can't help but resent the guy who brings the one trick pony to the table. But just as much or more, I resent the guy that brings a character who's not bringing anything to the table to help, you know, and so. And definitely, that was 3.5. I know a handful of people that made incredibly useless characters that you were just like, dude, you know.
0: But anyway. So your takeaway from today is make an interesting character. Yeah. And make a useful character to the party. Make a
1: fun character for the party. Cody made that comment at the table when we were doing, uh, we did DCC Legacy Campaign my table did at the game club last Thursday. And uh, Cody, at the, it was like an aside, was like, yeah, Matt's a power gamer or something pointing at me. That's true. And uh, because it, we, I was worried that the players at the table were going to, they were so used to D&D, they were going to not like the fact that they had sixes and sevens and eights or some of their stats. And I said, guys, you know, I explained C's not real swingy and these will still be highly effective characters and da-da-da-da. Well... I, I, so Cody made that comment and I didn't deny it, but I said, but let me quantify that statement. I've sat down to make characters for a campaign and it's even harder on me because I went through six characters because all six were incredibly effective characters, but two or three of them just wouldn't be fun to play for the party, for me. There's not any really good role-playing hooks, but so I have to find that one that appeases both sides of me, the power gaming side, but also the one where I they have a rich potential for role play and, and they need life breathed into them. Yeah. And those are the ones though, that God, I've, I've, yeah, it's like, woohoo, I'm going to have fun playing this because I'm going to bam, destruct and destroy. But also, yeah, I'll, there's some good subplotting potentials and role playing and all that. So technically I have a tougher road to hoe, if you will, you know? So anyway, but, uh, but yeah, def, but now definitely get out there and have some games, roll some dice, have some fun. Um, I'm really excited about.
0: Let us know how it goes in yeah. Your games.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let us know.
0: Definitely. Um, carnage in the casino. Yeah. carnage in the kakaka. <laughs> well, duh. It's easy for you to say, duh. Well, well duh. duh. That has shipped. So if you are listening to this, it is on its way to your home right now. Mm. Give me some positive feedback because that's all my ego can handle. Yeah, please do. If you have something negative to say, whispered into your pillow at night
1: (laughs) and don't tell anyone else. And if you didn't do the Kickstarter, boo on you. If you're hearing this and didn't, um, you'll be able to purchase a copy from Goodman Games in the near future.
0: Yep. And if you track me
1: down at GaryCon, NTRPG, or BelongCon.
0: And touch him on the PP. You can get a copy for yourself. Oh, and it's uh, starting to be picked up in local game stores. What? So you'll be able to go to uh, stores near me, <laughs> not near you, near me, and get yourself a copy. And there are what? a few game stores, like Etting Games has got
1: it already. Etting
2: well, Games is even a of purfair, the other
1: one. purveyor of fine, fine role-playing and gaming goods. The yet, they're, yet they're carrying yours. And they're in the new spot. Oh, they have, so well, I want to check that out. Well, they have, they have multiple locations, is what it, isn't it? Or do they just move? I think they just moved. Oh, uh, well, that old location was nice, but I could see them expanding into a bigger venue. Because their
0: new spot is like just across the parking lot from the old one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, cool. they even have that going for them where yeah. there, it's not like we moved across town. Well, I'm not going now that you're across town. Right, it's right. like you used to come to suite 100. Mm-hmm. Now you have to come to suite
1: 104.
0: Yeah. Whoopity doo. Yeah.
1: Well, no, it really is. Me you know, we and we're incredibly impressed by the, the venue and, and the staff that were really knowledgeable and, and very helpful. And Dave's a great guy. So definitely yeah. throw him a bone. Go check him out. And you can even order from them
0: online at Etch and Games. What?
1: Online. How convenient.
0: Okay. Yes. I think our plugs are done. I will send out the bills for all these promotions that we've done. No shit. We should get a kickback. And looking at the clock on the wall, we're all out of hit points. Uh, hey. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>